the shepherds were unexpectedly invited to Jesus' birthday. The birth announcement that they were given was hand-delivered by God's angel. And then an angelic chorus broke into song. If you know anything about shepherds, they were some of the last guys to expect to hear anything directly from God. Even more surprising was that God used them as his first evangelists. They went and told everyone they could find what they had heard and seen that night. The shepherd's story is an amazing story for sure. Two weeks ago we began this sermon series called Christmas Questions. And it's going to continue through next Sunday, which is, of course, Christmas Eve day. Last week we wondered how the wise men arrived at a manger 600 miles from home. And why? It was because God called them. God invited them to the birth of His Son, even though they were foreigners. And we learned that God loves all races, all nationalities, all ethnicities. Before that, we wondered about Mary and Joseph and how they were chosen by God to live out the unique roles that God had carved out for each of them. They learned to trust God step by step, one day at a time. And so this morning we want to ask, why are those stinky shepherds here? <laughs> why are they here in, 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 all, in all logic, in all reason? Why would they be the ones to be invited? Think what the life of a shepherd was like back then. Think how lonely their lives are still today in many places. They're living out there in the open, wild places with their sheep. Think about the hours and hours of alone time, never to be interrupted or bothered by any other human being. Doesn't that sound wonderful? <laughs> you could just think all you want. You don't have anybody coming in asking you questions, distracting you, burdening you with another little triviality. And yet, how lonely it really got. Through the hours of the night, through the long hours of the day, just the sheep and them, wherever they went. Being a shepherd was a cold, harsh existence. It was uh, demanding. It was the only... Uh, protection of their sheep was that shepherd you know if some wild animal came along guess who had to defend them if they needed water if they needed food guess who had to find it for them little interaction with other humans just hundreds of sheep depending on you they lived on the fringes of society often they were not included in polite society they were not known for their good personal hygiene they were not known for their manners and so these rough and tumble outdoorsmen were never invited to the weddings or the birthday parties or the bar mitzvahs, whatever may have been invited. Day after day, night after night, they lived out in the cold, alone with their precious sheep. Because that's really okay. They got along better with sheep than people. They were not people, people. These were guys that stayed alone. And at least the sheep liked them. At least the sheep responded kindly to them. People not so much. Most shepherds would never have expected something good to happen to them. Certainly not anything this exciting. <laughs> they would have thought, surely God has better people than us to talk to. Surely God has people better than us to choose as his messengers. So it came as a total shock when the angels appeared to them. Let's 
read together what the Word of God says about these shepherds in one of our favorite Christmas passages, Luke chapter 2. We'll start with verse 8. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. The angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in claws and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to men on whom his favor rests. And when the angels had left them, gone into heaven, shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem, and let's see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off, and they found Mary, and Joseph, and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what they had been told concerning this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. Please keep your Bible open to this passage if you looked in your own Bible there. Let me hit a few noteworthy items in this event, this unexpected event. First of all, notice that the first thing Angel has to say is, do not be afraid. This was very normal. These were powerful, terrifying creatures. And when they suddenly appeared in human experience, every one of the humans you know, just fell down or or just thought, oh boy, I'm dead. You know, th- this is the end of it. And the, almost the first words every time out of the angel's mouth, don't be afraid, don't be afraid. I know I look terrifying, but don't be afraid. In their mundane, less than joyful lives, they were glad that the next thing that the angel said was, I bring you good news. You know, good news is in short supply, isn't it? How many of you love to turn on the evening news? How many of you want to go through another bizarre story? And hear about this accusation and this thing that happened and this crime and and this terrorist attack and and all the other bad things that are going on. Isn't it fun to get good news? Because it's so rare. And the angel said, I've got good news for you. It's going to cause great joy. Bad news is everywhere. How much all of us long for good news. And then he said, I bring you good news, not just for you. It's going to cause great joy for all the people. Everybody's going to be excited to hear what I tell you tonight. This is going to be news that changes everybody's lives. Male and female, young and old, rich and poor, from the top of society down to the bottom where you shepherds live. This is good news for everybody. A Savior has been born. The Messiah. The one you've been waiting for. The Lord has been born. The one that you have sought for hundreds of years lives. And He's now come to earth. As a baby. Not the way you expect it, but as a baby. God's long-awaited promise is now fulfilled this very night. In fact, you can go check it out. This will be the sign that will let you know that you found the right one. Go and find in Bethlehem a baby lying in a manger. Not a typical place for a baby to be found. This long-awaited Messiah. 
came as a baby lying in a manger. Almost immediately, a great company of angels joined the first, perhaps hundreds of angels. Now they thought they were terrified before. Now you just multiply that however many times. And they're praising God and they're singing glory to God on in the highest heaven and on earth peace to those on whom His favor rests. Well, finally, all of that scene ends and they take a deep breath and they sigh and they collect themselves. And finally, there's what did the angel say? He said, what happened in Bethlehem? Let's go to Bethlehem. Let's check this out. Let's see what has been revealed only to us tonight. Now think about that for a minute. Of all the people on earth that God could have made this revelation to, that God could have issued this birth announcement to, He chose these lonely guys, these outdoor rugged men on a hillside as the recipients of that message. Why? What was God doing? Let's leave that out there for a minute. So these guys go into Bethlehem and pretty soon they find this baby Jesus and Mary and Joseph out back of the inn in a stable or cave where the animals were kept. This was not the Bethlehem Marriott. This was probably a house that had been converted into a place where people could spend the night, especially with the Roman census going on and Bethlehem and all towns are filled up with the people who have to register themselves. This place is packed with people, so they're turned away. Mary and Joseph find a place out back where she can have the baby. And the shepherds did not have to look very long before they found him. Now look at verse 17. When they had seen the baby, they spread the word. They told everybody they could find what they had witnessed that night. But just not what they had witnessed, but also what they had been told about this child, Luke says. And what exactly had they been told about this child? See verse 11. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born. He is the Messiah, the Lord. So there are two important parts to this shepherd story that I want you to grasp today. First of all, is that they got the invitation. They heard the news. Of all the people on earth, they're chosen to be given this good news that is for everybody. Secondly, they are sent out to become the first messengers to everyone else, at least everyone they could find. And so they ran all through the town the next day, and they were telling everybody exactly what they had heard and seen. And Luke says, all who heard it were amazed. Can't you imagine how many people said, I want to go see this for myself. You know, they said back behind the inn is where they are. I think I'll just walk down there today, and I'll get back there and look in the stable, find Mary and Joseph there. Some of our relatives, perhaps. A new relative has been born, but he's not just the new baby boy of the family. He's the Messiah. Imagine the rumor mills and the gossips and, and everybody just talking it up in Bethlehem the next day because of the witness of these shepherds. Now, as I said, the shepherds were the least likely people in Israel to ever be given a message from God. They lived out on the fringes of society, shunned by most. They were often loners, guys who felt much more comfortable with their sheep than with people. And so most shepherds would never expect something like this to happen. Certainly not anything good, not anything of this magnitude. But no, in God's opinion, somehow in God's opinion, the shepherds were the perfect choice. Simple, down-to-earth people, no pretense about them, no 
you know, hotty toddy stuff. No, I'm better than you. You know, I, I'm just who I am. Take me as I am. Most people didn't want to take them as they were. And God says, I'll take you. <laughs> I'll take you as the recipients of this message, this invitation, and I want you to be the messengers. I want you to be the people to tell the world, the first people to be the messengers of good news. God replaced their lowly opinion of themselves with a new identity that night. He gave them a new confidence and a new purpose for living they had never had before they, that night. They had lived lonely lives on the fringes for years, but now God called them, come into the world, come be a part of other people's lives because I have a purpose for your life there. And they couldn't be quiet any longer. Now he can do the same for us. We may feel marginalized. We may feel almost as outcasts. We may feel lonely. We may feel broken. We may feel like a person that can't seem to muster enough self-esteem to get out of bed and go on with the day. And maybe we're discouraged and depressed. But Jesus Christ can touch your life the way that he touched the lives of these shepherds. For he is the God of new life. He is the God of second chances. Don't you ever forget that. Even when you get down, when you are putting down yourself and not feeling qualified and not feeling that God could use you in any way, God says, I've got a better plan. I've got a better idea for do we have anything in common with these shepherds? I think we do. We too are sinners. We too sometimes feel like outcasts. We too are recipients of God's good news of great joy, salvation through our Messiah, Jesus. We too have been invited to draw close to Jesus. God with us, Emmanuel. Think about that. No one else is invited to that stable but these guys. And God now invites each of us, the Almighty God, Creator of the earth, invites each of us to a personal relationship with Him through Jesus Christ. Even now, doesn't that amaze you? Doesn't that astound you? The Creator God wants to know you personally, and He wants you to know Him personally. We too have been given a new identity through Jesus Christ, no longer sinner, no longer outcast, but a child of God, that is our identity. We too have been given a new message of great news that will be for all the people so that we could share with everyone we can find. Now, I thought it was interesting that these were not the first shepherds God ever called into his mission. Do you remember Abraham and Moses and Amos and probably others? Do you remember God calling Abraham the nomadic shepherd to go to a place he would show him and where God would use Abraham to create a mighty nation and that through him all nations, all peoples of the earth would be blessed. This was a shepherd God used. Remember God calling Moses when he's out watching his father-in-law's sheep? He's kind of got his tail between his legs because he tried to do something when he's back in Egypt and it failed and he became a murderer and he ran away and he spent 40 years out here just watching sheep until God suddenly appears in this burning bush and God called him to be a great deliverer to go to his people in Egypt and to free them from their bondage to Egyptians what they had suffered for 400 years. And God called Amos, one of the shepherds of a little known spot called Tekoa, to go to the king 
and call His nation to repentance. These were all simple people like us whom God called to a new life, to a new mission, to a new purpose. Remember another man I thought of God called. He was not a shepherd. He was a farmer. His name was Gideon. Remember Gideon's call from God to defeat the Midianites who had oppressed his countrymen for many years? Go and read Judges 6 and 7 sometime if you haven't. Here's this guy. They're, they're under the oppression of the Midianites. They would just raid them whenever they, they come through. They take their crops. They take their livestock. They destroy their homes. They do whatever they wanted because the Israelites could not respond. They had no strength of their own because they had, had forgotten God for a season. And so where is Gideon? He's got wheat and he's trying to, to get rid of the chaff, you know, and you've got to throw this kind of press it first and, and break it up and then throw it up in the air and the wind blows away the parts you don't want and just the grain is left. But he's afraid to do it out in the open field. Because the Midianites will see, hey, he's got crops, let's go take his crops. So he's hiding in a wine press trying to do it. And every once in a while, if you're on the outside of this, you see a little bit of stuff throw up in the air. you know. And, and this guy's down in there. And that's where the angel appears to Gideon. And he says, Hail to you, mighty warrior. <laughs> and I imagine Gideon looked around like, who's he talking to? It's, it can't be me. And once he gives his charge to him and he says, this is what God wants you to do. Rise up and defend the people and defeat the Midianites. And what does Gideon say? Hey, listen, I'm, I'm the smallest man in the smallest clan. Why are you talking to me? And yet he becomes this mighty warrior that God used to defeat the Midianites so that God's people could be free once again. Is God calling you today? Maybe you feel like that person that you'd be the last person God would ever come to. He wouldn't talk to me. Why would He talk to me? What do I have to offer? What could I ever possibly do for God? He's got a bunch of other people maybe here at New Hope He talked to, but certainly not to me. Do you feel like that? Do you feel like God would never call you? That God would never ask you to step up and to step into His service? Are you having a hard time imagining that God would actually use you or make something good come out of your life? Do you suffer maybe from low self-esteem or lack of confidence in yourself? If so, I want you to remember who you are in Jesus Christ. You are not the person you used to be before you met Jesus. You are a child of God. You are a son or daughter of the King of Kings. You have a calling to be His messenger to the people of this world, the people of your world. And God puts a call on each of our hearts if we're listening. So I just want to encourage you this morning as we think about these shepherds and we think about who they were and then what they became in God, that God may be calling out to you in the middle of your normal life. You may be going through just the same stuff You've been going through day after day, week after week, month after month, year after year. And suddenly, God calls you. God gets a message to you. Maybe right now, maybe this moment, God is speaking to your heart. And if He is, don't miss it. Don't miss His call. Pay attention. Listen for that call. Because if you're not paying attention to the Spirit of God, you may miss what God is saying. He doesn't force Himself. He doesn't come blaring into your life and say, 
okay, you can't miss this. I'm just going to make it so powerful, so overwhelming, you can't possibly miss it. No, it's often like he did to one of his prophets. He speaks in that still, small voice. You've got to be quiet. You've got to be listening. You have to be seeking his call. And what I've noticed often in the scriptures is that when God puts a call on people's lives, it often includes two things, as it did in the case of the shepherds and all these other guys. First of all, there's a new insight. There's a new revelation that God says, have you noticed this? Have you seen this? I want, I want you to see this. I want you to know this, that you could not have discovered maybe on your own. You need to get this. And so this message comes through. And you see things that you never noticed or you never knew before. You have this aha moment. And the light bulb goes on in your heart. And you say, now I know what God has been trying to tell me. I've been going back and forth and I've been trying to wrestle through some decision. And suddenly it becomes clear. I finally got quiet enough to hear what God was saying. And I got rid of all the noise so that I could hear God. And God showed me something. God spoke to my heart and gave me a revelation. I was reading in His Word and suddenly these words jumped out of the pages right into my heart and said, God is, God is speaking to my heart right now. And He gives you a revelation or an inspiration or an insight that you never had before. But it's not just for that. It's not just for you to go around, oh, i got all this new knowledge now, or I have this new revelation, or I have better understanding than I had. There's always a purpose. There's always a task, a job that God has called you to. This might be in line with what you've already been doing, and you just didn't have clarity. You didn't really see where this was going, and now the next thing is shown to you. Or maybe it's something entirely new, it's kind of out of the blue like the shepherds never knew God was going to announce what He did or call them to do what He called them to do. And suddenly their life changes. But you will see it clearly. And perhaps you will not, not be given the whole task. You won't say this is what's going to look like five years from now and ten years from now or even a month from now. This is what you do now. This is your first step. I'm going to make it really clear. And this is what I'm calling you to do. And God calls you that way. I just want to pray that when God calls you, God comes to you, I pray that you'll have the drive, that you'll have the courage to go where He sends you so you can do what He calls you to do. I pray the same thing for myself. That if God shows something to me about my life and my ministry and what I can do as His child and as His servant, I want to be ready to obey, ready to go. Are you living like a shepherd in the old way or in the new way? I want to ask you that this morning. You know, if you lived in the old way of the shepherds, you'd be keeping to yourself and you'd be content with your own thoughts and, and you would think it's just about me. I need to protect myself. I need to be out of way. And I'm, I'm fine being alone. I'll just deal with the things that I'm comfortable with, things I know. I'm not going to interact with anybody else about the good news that God has placed on my heart. That's the old shepherd. Or are you living like a new shepherd? A shepherd living in the new way according to God's calling on your life. Are you thankful that God has changed your heart and changed your perspective and changed your mission? 
Are you thankful to share the good news that God has placed in your heart today? Are you looking for someone else that you can share that experience with? Listen to what God is saying to your heart today. And then do what He's calling you to do. It's that simple. Listen to what He's saying to your heart. And do what He's calling you to do. Let's pray. Lord, I thank You for this, uh, this illustration You've given us today of these shepherds. I thank You for the, uh, the way they rose to the challenge that You put into their lives. It was very exciting to go into Bethlehem, I'm sure, and to see the baby that had been born and to know that a promise had been fulfilled. But what a radical change of life came to these men's lives when, when they started telling other people people that had rejected them, people that had shunned them, people that had avoided them and ignored them, now are responding to good news. And it changed their lives. Lord, I pray that uh, each of us would see ourselves in this story, that we would understand that you have a calling to place upon each of our hearts. And what is required of us, what is demanded of us, is that we would listen and we would obey. It's that simple. Lord, help us to have the grace and the courage to do that. Bless us as we continue to meditate upon your word and as we listen for your still, small voice. In Jesus' name, amen.